Welcome back, my friends, to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as I'm every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. What are you doing this week, guys? Staring out at uh, a beautiful but cold Denver, wondering where all the snow is so far. But no snow? Uh, I, we only had snow, I think, twice so far. One was super early, and then the other one was something around um, Halloween. But I normally, we normally see a lot more weather by now. I'm getting a little concerned. Not, not that I, not that I enjoy the snow. Like, don't, don't get it wrong. I'm a fat man with poor balance. So, <laughs> you know, any ice and snow does not, doesn't really blow my skirt up. At the same time, I'm always concerned when we don't get uh, water. Hmm. How about you, Paul? We got lots of snow. I have at least three feet of snow on my deck. I've already had somebody come in and do my driveway. Uh, and I have a one-year-old uh, lab poodle mix who apparently believes that the appropriate activity outside is submarining through, <laughs> through snow. Like he's up, dives right in, like fully covered. <laughs> Just goes a good three, four, five feet and then comes back up and then dives again. Another three, four, five feet and comes back up. I want video of that, but but also I have to say, my dog, exactly the opposite. When there is snow, my dog is as much of a princess as I am. She goes outside and like like this, does her business four feet outside the door and then bolts back inside and then looks at you like, why are you torturing me? This was stupid. Right. There's no better place for this? Can we not find an inside space? Right, right. I will take video of that and we'll share it with our viewers. I think that would be great. You know, I was thinking about that, that Paul stole Howard's snow. <laughs> like the <Yep>. green. <laughs> so what if today we talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas for IT, that you cannot do anything else now on this time? Hard. jump in on that so yeah so it's 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 interesting i've got a lot of friends that still you know uh have a position in it operations i think we all do um and one of the kind of common themes for q4 is um we start wrapping up changes kind of middle to end of october at the latest um and then for a lot of industries november through january 1st is is effectively a moratorium on changes we're all still on staff, we're all still working, um, but we tend to really be looking at um, only critical patches during this period and much more responsive to outages rather than, um, you know, new products, new rollouts, upgrades, replacements, refreshes, kind of the, the normal activities that go on throughout the year. Um, some of it has to do with we tend to be running out of funds come up, coming up at the end of the year if we've, if we've done our budget properly um, until, you know, the last week of December when when we have to spend the last of our remaining funds for the year. So we've spent exactly 100%. <laughs> um, in some cases, you know, you work, you work in retail, you work in finance, you know, you work in consumer finance, um, and it's really all about not disrupting the busiest time of the year. But that, that brings up an interesting topic, which is um, if those are the things that are in place, um, and we know that we always respond 
um, just like the fire department during a critical uh, issue, what do we do with the rest of the time? How do we ensure, how do we as leaders um, not ensure that our people are busy, but really take advantage of the fact that this is one time of the year when there are things we can do to really set ourselves up for success and set our, set our employees up for success for the next 12, 24, or 36 months. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thought. So, um, so what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? I think the root cause, of course, is uh, risk tolerance, right? So there, I think we all appreciate and know that uh, change creates production problems, right? It's either a production problem, an error in a piece of code, or I've configured equipment wrong, or software it hasn't doesn't have the appropriate you know performance metrics attached to it. So as long as I don't implement change within the production systems, I have less likelihood to have production problems. But more specifically, it's not that I will eliminate my production problems. It's that those production problems are more likely to come from scale rather than come from change, right? So uh, depending on the type of business I I am, seasonality might be high in December, like I'm CPG um, or retail um, or students possibly getting ready for January semester. And therefore, you know, I might have, you know, 60, 70, 100, 300% more production volume than I would have. And therefore I have to worry about either the security implications of scale or the performance implications of scale or the availability implications of scale. So if I can eliminate change as my production problem set and focus more on scale as my production problem set, um, I can think about 3AM differently than I did a week before. Great. and that gives us some time, even, even though it's the exact same amount of worry, arguably a little bit more worry, uh, that a good portion of the team can do something else. Uh, I agree. And, and there are things we have to do to prepare for January anyway. And this gives us six to eight weeks of that time. And you know, it would be a really good idea to, to kind ahead. of change our focus a little bit. We tend to focus too all, a lot on the end of the year. Right. Um, December, for instance, tends to or January tend to be the months that we do our end of year reviews. Right. right? Either right before the end of the year or right after the beginning of the next year, we, we look back on the previous year. Right. Right. Uh, we'd be smarter to do them October 1st, wouldn't we? Right. Right. Like, like, hey, your review process has been X, Y and Z. You've accomplished of the, the tasks that we set out. You've accomplished one through four. Right, we have one quarter left before we start tying that to some sort of performance bonus. Let's right. really spend that quarter during our slow period, gaining the skill that we needed, completing the mission, whatever it happens to be. Right, right. Um, and it's probably not a bad a bad time to start talking to vendors about uh, training. Mm. Right. In addition to all the vacation schedules that we have to do, while everyone burns the va- any vacation that doesn't roll over. Um, we also really should be considering what is our rollout for, in this case, 2021? Are we properly upskilled for those projects for 2021? And can we get both the training and the labs set up in this quarter so that we're eminently prepared for 2021? Um, if the answer is we have all the skills we need, um, one of two things is happening. One, you're lying to yourself, or two, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. It's actually the perfect timing, right? Because August, September is preparing for next year's budget, right? You've 
predetermined what you think the projects are going to be, what kind of tech refresh is necessary, what tech investment you want to be able to do. In September, you got your senior executive slash board approval. Um, however, most of that was top down, especially if the, you've if you work for the CFO, right? They've told you how much you're willing to spend and now you're right. divided and conquered, right? Uh, so now that gap between what I think we'll do and what we'll actually do requires planning of the things we have to do, right? Whether it, whether it means obtaining skill sets you currently don't have, capability to do that, or creating the actual tactical plans. In order for me to do a tech refresh in January, one can't start that in January one, right? It's not possible. In fact, I might have had to make all the decisions and potentially buy the equipment in December 31st in order to affect change in, in the first month of, of the year. So it gives you that full quarter to prepare for that work. And when the, when the change, when you're not implementing any projects into production, it's giving you some extra time to do that. Yeah, it seems like there's, there's three things you can focus on, right? Um, the first thing you can focus on really is um, working men, employee mentoring one way or the other, right? Whether that's um, you mentoring employees for leadership or other skills or cross mentoring, right? Mm. Like now would be a really good time to start doing some cross training, right. right? What's your plan for each of your employees in the next 12 months? And can I take advantage of this quarter and a moratorium on change to go, hey, we have this thing set up in the lab that's also in production. There are four people that also need to be cross trained on that skill. Let's get them cross trained on that skill. Right. Right. Or coming into the next year, we're looking at, you know, my standard attrition is X, Y, or Z. Um, I, I need to identify who the three employees are that are most likely to move into a leadership position and ensure that they're set up to do so. Right. right. And, and really start working on my mentoring program. Um, does everyone have assigned mentors for the following year? Are there any of those kind of programs that we want to put in place? Um, so I would say that's kind of bucket number one. Right. Bucket number two is how does test dev look? Mm -hmm. And I, we always have seem to have solid test dev for our software development folks, our app dev people. But do we also, how is our operations test mm -hmm. dev, right? Do we have those things set up? And, and frankly, I, I don't know about you, but we spent the whole year pulling stuff out of operation and putting it in a pile that generally get pick, gets picked up in the first quarter by the off-lease company. <laughs> Right. right. Exactly. Can we reutilize some of that stuff to build ops their their test dev? Right. right. Do we have the ability to do that? In which case, third quarter is a great time to do that. Additionally, if we have it, third quarter is also a great time to swap that equipment out. It's test dev. We don't. It doesn't harm production. It's a good yeah. time to swap that out with maybe some stuff that's a little more representative of what's in production, right. and really ensure not that that looks like necessarily today's production but that that really starts to look like tomorrow's production. Right. Right. How, do, how is our CICD on that, right? How is our, um, do we, are we running some DevOps in there? Does that look like production in reality or have we really let that, let that fall to the, to, the, to the wayside while we dealt with the things that we felt were more, product, more pressing in production? Right. And so it's a really good time to shore that up. And it kind of dovetails into one because that becomes the environment that you use to, to do your cross training on it. Right? How did you feel about uh, end user equipment? Like I, like in, when I was leading it, I, that was a perfect time to do end user equipment, like displacing laptops and, and, and other sort of desktop equipment. Um, I, I tend to, like that's kind of a constant 
always going thing. Okay. Um, so, so you we'll didn't just, have a, so you just had a monthly refresh and whoever was up that month is the correct. one that got it. Okay. Correct. And, and it kind of didn't matter what size the organization was. It was always a time thing. Right. Right. When I was at very large organizations, it was, this is the monthly schedule for the refreshes. Um, and even at small organizations, it tended to be department by department or team by team. Right. And so if you're, if it's, if it's been whatever the schedule was set, because for like for software developers, um, we had a real short, short schedule that I moved IT over to. Um, I think it was like 18 months Not to refresh end user devices in, in software development and, and, uh, and most, much of IT. Um, or the three-year schedule for pretty much everybody else. Um, <laughs> Seems fair. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. So that just was a constant thing. I, I, I didn't push it all to the end of the year or anything. Yeah, nice. And I, I actually found, I would say, the end of the year to be worse, not better. Yeah. Because you're always having to work around the end user's vacation schedule. And, and the more holidays, the harder it becomes to, especially to refresh the end user stuff. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I use this time a lot for documentation too. So all the things that I just had to do during the year, didn't have time to redocument, like update the scripts and update the, the change logs and update everything else I needed to audit wise, compliance wise. This is the time I took to, to make all that true. To yeah. true up which documentation. It's, also, it's also a really good time to really take a look at compliance. Right. Right now is the time that is really the last opportunity you have to get to go through one more time with your compliance consultant and ensure that you understand what goes into effect on, on January 1st, January 6th, January 20th, whatever date the various locales have set for things to go into effect um, and ensure that, that, you know, you've taken into consideration all of, you know, the new auditing requirements that you've taken into consideration, the new regulatory requirements that, that not only is the format correct, but you're auditing the right things the right way. Um, mm -hmm. And then that, that moves us right into phase three, which is all of your external training. Now is a really good time to get any of that done that you can, right? I don't know that I would train for something, you know, in December, that's not going to be deployed until the following September. Right. right. But ensuring that, that, that skills are updated, like now is a really good time to talk to VMware and say, Hey, we'd like to do a private BCP on-prem. Mm -hmm. Right. Because now I can afford to put 20, 22 people in a room and have them get their BCP. Right. Right. Now I can afford to have 22 people get a CCNA or a CCNP or a CCDA or whatever, you know, whatever certifications we need. Um, and, and to be honest, that tended to be a far better use of those kind of leftover funds, if we have the ability, mm -hmm. than a piece of hardware that wasn't, you know, super dedicated or a piece of software that we think might work, right? And, and I'm not saying shift 100%, but maybe we shift 30, 70. Right. right. Investing in our people is always the best choice. What percentage of your budget have you spent up to this point? Let's say it's December 1. Have you spent... 11 twelfths of your budget or have you overspent or underspent so far? I would say it depends on the year, but ideally um, probably 11.5 out of 12. Hmm. Right. Like my expectation is I'm tailing off. And so I've actually spent like, I, I never divide, divided my budget into 12 twelfths, hmm. right? My budget tended to be front loaded. And then coming into December, because everything was kind of shut down, I'm not going to spend 
as much. And then there's a big push, you know, kind of December 20th to get POs in and everything. So everything's spent January 1st. Right. Or close a business December 31st, I guess, technically. My spending was flashed on a two week basis. So uh, December 1st, I would have spent uh, 22 out of 24 percent almost exactly because it's already been predetermined what i'm going to spend on in two week increments that's that's really difficult financial analysis to pull off i'll tell you that much yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean in like i can i can kind of understand it right it makes it predictable from the cfo perspective yeah. at, at the same time um it kind of makes it ridiculous because then you're stuck with I can't deal with the the lulls and valleys, right? I can't deal with the the hills and valleys of, uh, you know, easily. You can, then, but just in different buckets. So let's say, uh, so I didn't have to say these two weeks I was going to spend uh, $2 million on these projects. I just had to spend $2 million. Sure. So if I chose to spend it on a different set of projects, it wouldn't have mattered. And then I'm just essentially not juggling money. I'm juggling projects. Sure, I see. I see. So guys, if if we're talking about what the leaders, the top leaders need to do, how does the people that support those leaders can help you? So through that shutdown, you mentioned if there's training that is needed, if there's different projects that need to go, like Paul mentioned, what can be some recommendation that you can give the leaders so they can communicate down in their towers? so they can be supported for those activities? What could be some, some keys that will make your life easier? So, so I would say um, set up regular strategy meetings in Q3 and start early in Q3, like October 15th, right? Look, if you haven't done it by now, I realize this December 1st, like if you haven't done it by now, it's fine. Just start now, set up a strategy meeting, lay out your strategy to your reports, fresh and new. Right, whether you've laid it out before and they're and they're they've heard it, or whether they're not really hearing it, they've not really heard it before and they're kind of hearing it for the first time. Lay out the strategy, ensure that it's cohesive and coherent. Right? Get them in the mode of, of thinking about Q4 as the strategy quarter. Right. Then don't you don't even have to first meeting, you don't even have to have an ask, just a I I'd like to inform you. You have no responsibility here other than to understand the strategy. Set up a meeting for the next week. In the next week's meeting, go, okay, you've had time to understand the strategy. Let's answer questions about the strategy. The why, how, who, where, and when. And then I have an ask. And that ask is, I want to know how your team is going to support that strategy in 2021. What do you need to support it that fits in these three buckets? Mentoring, the tools in test and dev, and because hopefully you know what they require in operations, in production. Otherwise, it's not a great strategy. And then the third one is, what do you need for training, for external training? Right, so step one, what can I learn internally? That's your mentoring. Step two, what tools can I provide for to, to continue that education? And step three is, who can I bring in from the outside to educate? Right. And then, and you just, every week there's, there's like, like clockwork. We have a Monday morning meeting. It's all leadership. We go through these things. I expect suggestions, right. And just, it's a rapid fire agile process where you, where you're really able to show here's strategy. Here's the connective tissue to that strategy and all of our preparation. 
And next thing you know, you're prepared for that strategy in a way you probably weren't last year to a degree you probably weren't last year. Adding some color, I'd probably, because you went through the process uh, in budgeting on big pillars, right? You went to the board, you went to the executives and said, these are the five things I'm going to do. These are the types of outcomes those five things will be produced. And here's the billion dollars I need to spend to make that happen. Uh, you'll spend now you as the CIO and CTO and potentially, you know, a couple, maybe your finance person, you'll double click on that a bit yourself to say, okay, uh, here are the, I, I just discussed what I think the end goal should be. Uh, let's figure out what we think, you know, two or three waypoints should be in order to get to those four or five pillars um, and then document that. So now you're at the 10 page of strategy um, and now bring your team together, right? Your full direct reports, maybe even another layer, right? To say, here's the pillars, here's the end goal, here's the waypoints. Our job now in the next six weeks is to detail the plan that we're going to do for the next year, both how we're going to accommodate next year's goals and how that contributes to the next three years worth of goals, right? Because we can't do it just for year's sake. We got to do it as contributing to a sure. longer term mission. And that's what you do in that six week period of time. So when you're done that exercise, you not only have a decent understanding of what your detailed process will be to get to the waypoints, but you'll also appreciate how far along you are in your longer term strategy. And then you're, strategy January 1, you're hitting the ground. You're, you're running at that point. And it's also critical that that strategy aligns with the strategy of the business as a whole. Right. And that part of that conversation communicates the overall corporate strategy and then how IT links to that corporate strategy supports it and promotes it. Right. They cannot be disparate things moving at disparate paces with KPIs that have no remote alignment. Yeah. And one of the bigger goals of those conversations is peer-to-peer -peer communication and support, right? You know, it's relatively easy to say, I have a team of 10 people and these 10 people have to divide and conquer this work. Uh, much more difficult when you say, in order for me to be successful, my peer as a leader also has to do work or I'm the input to their output or their output is my input. That needs to be discussed at some point, right? Especially if the timing is off. If they planned on delivering their output in Q2, but you needed to need it in Q1, well, that's the time you have that conversation because you might actually have to shift waypoints or shift the end goal to make sure that everybody is sort of contributing how they need to contribute. So with the changes that we have seen this year, before we have people that were all in the same place. So we knew what was our cost, the equipment that probably that we needed, the training may change based on the different projects. But now with this year, what do you think that may be some new areas? that the leaders should be thinking differently that they may invest to help their people for that success for the next year. Uh, there's, there's a long tail, right? There's a long tail to working at home. So now I have to think about what that means in a much more permanent state. I might've had to make real time laptop VPN VDI decisions in April. Now they're much more likely to be permanent. So what is the permanent implementation of working from anywhere? not even just working from home. I got to think about what that means. Cybersecurity, probably 20, 25% increase um, in impact to me. And therefore I've got to redirect resources to worry about that. Uh, agility, nine month projects are not possible. Three week projects are the expectation. 
well, that's a bunch of things I have to worry about from infrastructure to process to people to cloud. Like oh, that's a whole bunch of, you know, even just the way I buy stuff has to change. Um, and I'm sure there's a fourth, but I can't think of it at the moment. Oh, data, data being important, right? To say, well, it's not just MIS anymore. How do I extend my data capability beyond it, how it is, which is my guess relatively immature to where it needs to be in order to sort of grow the business. And um, I went from reactive to sustaining mode, right? Crisis mm -hmm. to sustaining. <clears throat> did I make that transition well? If I, if I sit and I think back, how did I handle that transition? How did my three-year strategy change? Because if it didn't, well, it did. Regardless it definitely of whether did. you decided to be or not, it changed, <laughs> right? And then how did I communicate that change? And did I? Because it's entirely possible that I changed the strategy and I, and, and I may have mentioned it, I may have said it, but did I call everyone together and go, okay, cool guys, we're in sustaining mode. How do I, how, do, how are we going to continue to sustain knowing all of these 12, 12 changes in the organization have, have effectively flipped, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then what did we miss? In all of those things Paul just, just lined out, the big miss that I see is the one not right in front of you, which is, data protection has to change, has to fundamentally change. Right. My data is now really dispersed. The place that I created is really dispersed. Did I change my data protection philosophy, mm -hmm. not to mention tools, processes, and procedures to match how I'm now creating, cataloging, collating, and collecting that data? And consuming, and not consuming. just creating Very from the true. other side. Yeah, right. So. The chances are my data protection probably could use some work. Right. Right. And it's a really good time to look at those things and say, um, you know, hey, what, what, you know, what does this strategy look like? What does the implementation of this strategy look like? Why are we doing it this way? And frankly, any change to a strategy should be accomplished, should be accompanied by a why. Mm -hmm. um, and then a how needs to follow relatively closely thereon. Right. Otherwise, you end up with a 120 day plan no one can no one can implement it starts to sound like a presidential campaign right and what it might be even more important is because waves of change is happening right the, this will occur again it might not be a pandemic it might be geopolitical it might be economic there, there's a whole bunch of other waves coming at us there'll be an expectation for us to turn on a dime we were somewhat successful in march april may they're going to expect us to be far more agile when it comes to that, that we should be able to turn on a dime and make relatively large IT changes, both implementation and potentially even scale by doubling or having IT in a quarter's period of time. We need to be prepared for that, prepared for acquisition, prepared for divestiture. All that needs to be ready. Like it's almost like we need a strategy of change or a strategy of agility in addition to just our, our operating strategy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I, I think that will be new to anybody, new to any CIO. They would never be prepared for that kind of real-time change. Like the, imagine, think of it, we have a BCP or DR plan. We actually need one for IT. It's not just the infrastructure DR or the people-based BCP. It's actually an IT change plan. Like that, that is a completely new discipline. We have been talking about all of these changes and how to support internally. If you had the opportunity to then educate 
your partners or vendors. Now we're talking that instead of coming at the last minute, if they know that this will be part of the strategy, how can a vendor really support you as a leader so you can then prepare for all those changes or all the, all the success that you're expecting to have for the next year that they normally just come at the last minute? So I would take all of everything we just discussed, I distill it down to two slides. That's effectively a roadmap and a kind of a, um, a change diary for lack of a better term, right? Like a, like a table of contents with a, a two sentences on each, on each uh, chapter heading. Uh, this is what 2021 looks like. And I would give it to every vendor that I expected to do business with in the future and say, my expectation is you're here a quarter early for each one of these things. If you show up two weeks beforehand, you will not be invited to the table, right? Set some expectations right now. Yep. And I'd want those partners to have a pretty deep understanding of the industry to which I play in and my participation in that industry. So they might be able to anticipate what those changes look like. Right, so they need to anticipate whether in this in situation A, I'll be a challenger, situation B, I'll be a thriver, situation C, I'll be a changer, because lots of different change will create a new dimension for my organization. It might be the best thing to happen to me or the worst thing to happen to me. For sure. It's, it's hard and to tell. Once again, Q4 is a great time to do that. Yep. Right. You can you can literally tell them <clears throat> December is the time when you ask questions about this. December is the time when you get my leaders together, whoever you tend to interface with, and get a better, more thorough understanding or appreciation for my business, how it operates, where we see it going, what we see the what we see our business changing to become, now is the time, right? December is going to be slow. Let's get those meetings in now. Let's make sure that happens. So everyone is in lockstep, whether they're internal or external. Tactically, this quarter is when I always did my vendor conference, right? I did a one full day presentation. Um, I brought all my vendors in, two representatives from each vendor. I also did the vendor awards, right? The, you know, the most innovative vendor, the most, you know, the most strategic. Uh, and, but then I disclosed everything. I disclosed what my next year looks like. I disclosed how the business worked. I disclosed how successful the business was because uh, we were public where we could disclose some things. Um, like this is the time. And my expectation of that vendor conference was that they came back to me in a relatively short period of time to say, here are the 10 things I heard, here's how we're going to address them. This is the opportunity to do that. So after looking at all this, if we get it on a summary, first thing, even though last quarter of the year, last month will go down, the Grinch gonna steal Christmas, <laughs> mean, that there's no value in there, that we can prepare for the success that we're gonna get for the next year internally by looking at different projects, looking at skills that we may need, doing some things to prepare for the next year, but also our partners and vendors can help us to get that success. And that's a very interesting point of view that some people as leaders, you might think, well, I don't wanna deal with them because I need to just focus on what we have. So what we have heard today, my friends, is plan ahead, look, I think that Howard mentioned, look to actually set up a strategy meeting 
so your guys will understand that strategy so you can start implementing it ahead of time, not late, and then get your vendors on board. So you can lead your team internally, they can lead their representative externally, and you can have the success that you're looking for. So as always, make sure that you share this, leave us your comment, subscribe to our podcast and our video podcast, and we want to continue to grow as leaders because we want to do a change for this world that we can be. My friends, we'll see you on our next episode.